Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Cocktails in Cabot Cove. We're your hosts, Liz and Rob. And Cocktails in Cabot Cove is our podcast where we watch, review, and analyze the classic 80s and 90s hit show, Murder, She Wrote. So, as the name implies, we're going to be watching the episodes that take place in Cabot Cove, Maine, which is the fictional hometown of the show's heroine, Jessica Beatrice Fletcher, portrayed by the lovely Angela Lansbury. And we will watch the Cabot Cove episodes in chronological order. So, we'll be skipping episodes of the show that don't take place there, but we're going to go in the order that the Cabot Cove episodes were recorded. And the episode we're discussing tonight is called Deadly Lady. It's season one, episode two. And it aired on CBS on October 7th, 1984. And just so you know, this date was 12,447 <laughs> days ago from the time that we're actually having this podcast today. Um, and on this date, in October 7th, 1984, it was a pretty big day. Um, it was the MLB National League Championships. The San Diego Padres beat the Chicago Cubs three, day, three games to two. They, you know, won the World Series, um, and um, basically, the striking ups returned for Game Five of the NLCS. So that was that was a big deal back then. Um, for some others, it was sitting <laughs> on Sunday night watching <laughs> Deadly Lady with their mom. So, question: As a Southern Californian, were you, are you a San Diego Padres fan? Are they still no. a team? Okay. No, they are still a team. Okay. Um, no, but I grew up a California Angels fan. They're okay. now the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They were the Anaheim Angels when Disney owned them, but that's a whole different story. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm pretty sure our listeners want to hear about cocktails in Cabot Cove and not versus... baseball. Correct. All right. Well, speaking of cocktails in Cabot Cove, let's tell our listeners what we're drinking tonight because, as the name suggests, we will enjoy a cocktail while we discuss the happenings of Cabot Cove. Well, you first, Liz. Okay, I'm drinking a beer, and it is a Shiner beer, which is um, a very popular beer in Texas. And this is Shiner's Holiday Cheer, so it's like a seasonal beer, and it's kind of peachy and delicious. And I am drinking uh, Chianti. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's going to be a theme of this show, okay? <laughs> we might change brands of Chianti. We might go for the cheap six ninety nine bottle sometimes. We might go for the $25 other times. Ooh. It all depends. It all depends on what JBF is up to that What she's week. up to? Should we just call it Chianti in Cabot Co.? <laughs> Oh, no, because you're going to have your shiner, and then we're going to turn off everybody who doesn't like Chianti. We can't, go, we can't go down that road, Liz. Okay. All right. So let's talk about a deadly lady, Rob. And I would like to start this discussion by sharing a haiku with you that I wrote about this episode. So this is a homemade haiku. Like you I, made yes. It. Okay. Yeah. I love a haiku. I don't know if you know that about me, but I love a haiku. So, the one I wrote for this episode is, Four soulless daughters. Wealthy father played with fate. Dumpy kid killed him. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of left speechless, and so are our <laughs> listeners. Everybody, please. The episode is only going up from here. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta start at the bottom. Just, no, just kidding. It was a good haiku. Thank um, you. I'm assuming that every episode might have a haiku to start. Yes, for sure. So we're going to get our, our listeners into a regular groove. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, 
this episode starts with a group of yachters, four daughters, and their very wealthy father. Um, and they lose them overboard during a hurricane. Um, so, yeah. And then, basically, a hobo shows up at Jessica's house asking uh, to do work on her house and exchange her food. By the way, hobo is their word, not ours. Yes. I, that, was, that was probably <laughs> a really popular word in 1984. Yeah. You could just be driving down the street and go, look at that hobo. Yeah. But I almost think hobo didn't have a bad connotation. It was almost like somebody who is just... Like a transient person. Yeah, but it wasn't a bad thing. Like, yeah. I never got, like, a bad sketchy vibe. He wasn't a bad hobo. No. Mm-mm. You know, he was just the friendly neighborhood, well, <laughs> hobo. <laughs> so, anyways, um, you know, I think as I'm as I'm looking at this, I, I almost think we we really just need. Do you want to finish our 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 short summary of the episode, Liz, or do you just want to jump in and talk we about? We can this? jump right in. We can jump I, I right think in. I think we almost have to jump right in okay. because, you know. I mean, they're, they're kind of jumping us around, you know, but basically, um, well, let's just, let's just say the hobo turns out to be the father who was not dead, but was faking his own death to draw out the former gold digging boyfriend of his youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Then his dead body really shows up <gasps> and the girls are all confused because he wasn't supposed to have actually died. So we, we it's a really confusing like we're telling you this. We basically gave you the, the what happens in the episode, but we're really going to discuss it, you know? Mhm. Yeah. Um go go on. Liz, you were about to say something. No, I think let's dive right in and we'll save the little we'll save the end reveal for later. Mm. Okay. So, and by the way, I mean, I know this is a ridiculous thing to have to say, but obviously this show will, every single time, will have spoilers, because we're going to talk about who the murderers are. If you haven't seen a show that happened 35 years ago, then we can't really be held responsible for spoiling it, right? 34 years, but go 30, on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but go on, you just round it up to, round it up to, a, to a number, okay. <laughs> we only count in fives here. We only count in fives, yeah. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, so Ethan comes over to check on Jessica during a bad hurricane. Um, Ethan. I don't like Ethan. Why don't you like Ethan, though? Well, all right, let me give you some Ethan background. He is played by an actor named Claude Aikens, and he is a recurring character. He's in it four times. I know you have a problem with using the word recurring for uh, characters that show up fewer than, like, 20 times, but he's in... (laughs) the first few Cabot Cove episodes. I don't like him because he is kind of rude to her, and I don't like that he calls her woman. Okay, go on. <laughs> and I don't like when he said, um, I guess you're okay, leastways there's nothing wrong with your tongue. He's just... <sighs> I don't like him. Well, he also is like, I know that woman. You think I'm a nitwit? I mean, yes. maybe in 1984. I, I think if that was on TV today, <laughs> it would last, like, not even a full episode. You know? No, yeah, yeah. So, but maybe in 84, that was some... But maybe it was, major. like, tongue-in-cheek. I know that woman. You know? I don't know. Um, I think it was. I just don't like that he calls her woman, but 
it's just a listen here, that woman. I have with him. Listen yeah, here, don't, okay. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> listen here, woman. Okay. Anyways, just kidding. Um, so the next morning, you know, um, but anyway, so Ethan ends up telling, you know, Jessica that the Coast Guard got a distress call from a yacht and that's gotten stuck out to, out to sea in the storm. So the next morning, she's you know, she's out for her usual run. With her hands uh, not in her pockets. I, I know. Well, because clearly she just uh, she just runs differently every time she runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, so when she gets back, you know, there's this there's this random guy, the the hobo, <laughs> trimming flowers in her in her front garden. Um, he calls himself Ralph, um, and you know he asks her for food in exchange for work, um, and just inexplicably agrees to invite and invites him in. I mean. <laughs> There we go. It's, I don't, it's, this is so problematic for me. Like, I I can't imagine that this was something that was acceptable protocol in 1984. I, I think it was. I think in 1984, and more importantly, a TV show in 1984. <laughs> like, like this is this is purely like, this is purely Cabot Cove. Everybody knows everybody, minus the hobo. But <laughs> hey, why not? You know? Um, yeah. But yeah. So, anyways... Um, so yeah, she invites him in and next we meet Amos. Yeah. Amos. So Amos, Amos <laughs> Tupper is an important character in I like to call him Amos the way the, his, Amos. The way it's spelled phonetically. Amos. Yeah. Amos. <laughs> Amos. What's up? Anyways, go on. Sorry. Amos. Amos. Oh God, now you're going to get me to pronounce it like that. Okay. Um, he's the sheriff of. Cabot Co. for the first like three and a half seasons and he's played by Tom Bosley and um, many of our listeners may know Tom Bosley from Happy Days he was the dad he was Mr. Cunningham on Happy Days and he was in a show after this called Father Dowling Mysteries which was about a priest that solves murders and my mom and I used to watch that together also big fan because of Tom all because of Tom because of because we liked cheesy mysteries and probably because of Tom Bosley I would imagine I was I wasn't making like the decisions at that time, but I imagine that it had something to do with Tom Bosley. Um, so Amos is the sheriff, and he's kind of bumbling, kind of a little dim, um, and he relies increasingly as the as the series goes on on Jessica to help solve the murders that happen in Cabot Cove, which there are so many murders in Cabot Cove for such a small little town. Um, he. He needs the local mystery writer to help him do his job, basically. Well, probably because everybody in Cabot Cove just invites strange bums, hobos <laughs> into their house to eat breakfast with them. Um, but what I really think it is, is he just doesn't want to hire a detective. He's like, I mean, Butcher's pretty much going to be here anyway. She's nosy, so she why should I? Why, why should I hire anybody? Because, hey, she's right here, you know? That's a, an excellent point. She's there anyway. She's smart. She won't leave him alone. Um, and she's free labor for the sheriff's e- department. Exactly. I mean, she probably went back after she got her acting paycheck and was like, <laughs> Cabot Cove, I need my paycheck too. I solved all these mur- murders. She's a Jane of all trades. So Amos needs um, Jessica's help 
because he thinks he's got a potential murder on his hands. And it has to do with the distress signal that Ethan mentioned the night before. Um, there were four daughters and their father on that yacht. And the next day, the women come into, um, they come onto, like, into the port or whatever at Cabot Cove. And they tell the sheriff that their father fell overboard and was drowned. But Amos thinks that they probably killed him. So, yeah, I mean, Ethan's at the docks. Because Ethan is a captain, like a ship captain, by the way. So that makes sense why he would be down there. Okay. Um, And Jessica gets there to investigate and says, Those nice little girls couldn't murder anybody, especially their own daddy. Gross. I hate Ethan so much. I hate everything about that sentence. He called them nice little girls. They're like in their 30s. Yeah, but how old is he? It doesn't matter. Um, well, I mean, if you're 65 years old or 70 years old, everybody's a nice little girl because you're an old man. You know, I Ugh. mean, you don't mean it in a bad way. Gross, I guess. I feel like I'm never going to like anything Ethan says. Okay, well, Ethan said that. And I might have mistakenly said Jessica said that, but I meant Ethan, okay? Yeah, it was Ethan. Yeah. So anyways, Ethan says that. And yeah, so um, yeah. Those nice little girls that Ethan is referring to are all pretty terrible and mean and snobby. And they did not like their father. They're not sad that he's dead. And um, their father, by the way, was extremely wealthy. He was a makeup mogul. And he had an estate worth $100 million. Which in 84 is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money right now. But it's a ton of money in 84. So, yeah. Anywho. Um... The daughters. Okay. They're all Murder, She Wrote repeats. The actresses. Because as, as we talked about in the first episode of this podcast, basically a lot of these women get reused in either their own character or other characters. Yes. So, for example, all four of these daughters will be in multiple episodes of Murder, She Wrote. The woman that played Grace, who was the lady with the glasses, her name is Anne Lockhart, and she was in three other episodes, all playing different characters. You may know her from Chicago Fire. I have not seen that, but I know that you're a fan of those Chicago shows. Yeah, I'm a fan of Chicago Fire. She also, by the way, uh, played Lieutenant Sheba in the original Battlestar Galactica series, which I've never actually seen, but... There's a connection later on that we'll there mention. Is. There is a there is a, a random weird connection later on. So yes. Battlestar Galactica, Galactica, Murder She Wrote, they're all connected mm-hmm. in some weird, you know, you know, whatever. But what is it? What do they say? Like there's there's like three shades, three separations between everything, you know? Uh, yes, there is. Okay, there's another podcast that I love called Murder We Spoke. That's about Murder She Wrote, and they play a game called Six Degrees of Angela Lansbury. And so she has kind of a similar like web of influence that Kevin Bacon has because she's just awesome and she's been in everything. So, well, now I'm hungry for bacon. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that one of the other ladies, um, um, what basically. The mean She's, blonde one yeah, is in three other episodes the, of Murder yeah. Show. Yeah. So Lisa. she's the she Lisa, she's the married one. She's in mm-hmm. a couple other episodes. So is Maggie. Um she is uh she's in two other episodes. 
once again, all different characters. They never yes. play the same character. And then, um, yeah. So then you have... And Nan. Nan is the final daughter. She's the youngest daughter. And, and she's she... in two other episodes. So, anyways. So, immediately after this, they all want a coroner's inquest so they can begin to settle their father's huge $100 million estate. Um, and the sheriff thinks this indicates they killed him. They really probably just wanted his money. <laughs> They're just tired of him. Um, and like, they could just be sick of their father. And anyways, I do want to say that they probably wanted that money because in 1984, they probably wanted that money to fly to London on the newly christened airline Virgin Atlantic that began service in 1984. So they probably were just like, get me out of Cabot Cove. Virgin Atlantic, it's this new thing. It was hip, you know. It still Super is kind of hip. It still is kind of hip. You get on the plane, you hear the music, you're like, woohoo, you know. I mean, Virgin Atlantic's pretty pretty much a half in an airline. Have you ever flown on Virgin? I have. Oh, of course and you if, have. I haven't. And if you hear about, like, the difference between, like, you get on, you know, British Airways, and it's very, like, you know, <laughs> very posh and... and and, you know, very, you know, I don't know. I was going to say aristocratic, you know, but it's very, like, fancy. Then you get on Virgin Atlantic and they're, like, champagne and they got a bar in the upper class, you know. I've, I've actually never flown in upper class, but I've seen the bar. I've walked past it. Everybody does. Do they call it upper class? Yeah, they do call it upper class. Okay. There's upper class premium economy and <laughs> pee on economy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and economy. Um, but, yeah. So I have flown a couple times on Virgin Atlantic. Nice planes. Which is actually now owned 49% by Delta Airlines. I did not know that. Is the other 51% still owned by Richard Branson? Um, Yes, because they're a British company and they have to be owned 51% by British Airways or by a British British entity. (sighs) People are going to learn so much on this podcast. About randomness. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So um, anyways, yeah. So... Um, I think that Amos now Amos is kind of a dum-dum but I think he's kind of uncharacteristically astute in this particular scenario because there is definitely something weird going on with these women and they're not at all sad that their father was washed overboard during a storm all they want is to begin splitting up his estate and I think that he's right to be concerned here's the thing I I want to say they want a coroner's inquest but Based on what? Their father hasn't been found yet. That's And that's all Amos wants is for there to be a body. I don't know what a coroner's inquest is, to be honest. Well, okay, so a coroner looks at a dead body. That's 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 the, gen, the, the general thing. A coroner yeah. is like not the morgue, but per se. Well, maybe it's the morgue, but it's like it's the doctor who looks at a dead body and determines the cause of death. Okay? But if there's no body... You're back to detective status. You're like, hmm, where's the body? And then you're back to, you know, Jessica, you know, you're back to yeah. Jessica. So it's like, eh, okay. You know, so it's kind of weird that they're asking for something that doesn't really exist. But then again, you know, they're just little girls. Oh they my don't God. know. They don't know. <laughs> little, just nice little girls. <laughs> nice little girls. They don't know. Ugh, so gross. Jessica, um, you know, so anyways, the ladies, you know, they're you know they're they're cold as ice they just want the inquest um grace admits they all hated him he broke up her marriage ran off nan's boyfriend turned turned you know maggie into a 
dollhouse fra, you know. Which is a really weird description. Well, fra is, I want to say fra is German for woman. Yeah, I think a house fra would be like a housewife, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Okay. So, and so she's saying basically Maggie couldn't live her own life. She just lived at home and took care of her dad. Yeah. So good old Jessica figures out that the girls were lying about their dad being swept overboard because of the time and place they said they were, um, they would have been in the eye of the hurricane. Now, how Jessica <laughs> knows in 1984 technology that like, She's like, let me go check my Doppler radar. Oh, wait, I forgot how to use the Doppler radar. But I bet you the hobo at my house, who's still eating my food and probably stealing all my stuff. That's it. He's really a weatherman. Well, she did go to Ethan and she had that that map, like that nautical oh, map. Yeah, okay. But that's not, that's not like, I don't know. I don't know about technology about hurricanes in 1984, but I'm pretty sure it you know, maybe they didn't have Doppler. They probably had Doppler radar. I don't know the history of Doppler radar. Forgot to look that up before the episode. For God, our listeners. should have been on your to-do list. <laughs> Anywho, um, so um, then Maggie, the housewife, admits to killing him by shooting him with the gun she happened to have in her purse on the deck of the boat <laughs> and pushed him overboard. Yeah, and. Everybody else is kind of shocked. Well, no, they're not shocked, right? The sisters knew. They were covering up for Maggie. But then, Lisa's money-grubbing husband, <laughs> he shows up for moral support. So, you want to call him money-grubbing husband. I just want to say he's a nice guy. He's like, God, my wife just lost her husband, you know? Or, I'm sorry, lost her father. But, anywho. I think he calls her stupid, and I hate him. And I want to make a note about the guy that plays him because his name is Dak Rambo. Okay. He has a twin brother. Their real names are Norman and Orman Rambo. And his twin brother goes by Dirk. Dirk and Dak. Okay. And he was in two other Murder Shirt episodes as different characters. I mean, he was also on Dallas, All My Children. Um... And NBC soap opera in other world. So he pretty much had a good life, you know? He did have a good life. He died in 1994 at age 52. That's kind of an early age. And, that's, and, pretty, that's pretty young. Yeah, I mean... Do you know why he died? AIDS. No, he didn't. For real? I, I swear. I hear you clicking, Liz. I just you looked it up. You know I'm clicking. You know I I'm clicking. I just looked it up. Dak Rambo died of AIDS. Oh, no. That's like such a cliche 80s yeah death you know oh oh yeah look at he oh my goodness well and that's dirk, really sad and dirk is dead too God, oh no 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 rambos oh if you look up dirk rambo it redirects you to dak rambo so yeah they're buried next to each other so they are both dead well why did why did the other one die i don't know but this has taken a depressing turn this show about murder has taken a depressing turn to true murder. Not, <laughs> to actual not, death. I know. I mean, that's really sad. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, he played. Um, so now you don't even think he's a money-grubbing husband anymore. You're just, now you I just, just feel, feel bad for him. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mission accomplished, listeners. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Jessica's 
eventually finally sees the dead the photo of the dead father and realizes it's the hobo she's got working in her house he's still out there yeah and when she goes home to try to find him and clear up the confusion dun 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 he's gone so my question to this is how did he get off the boat to jessica's place and what happened is my guess is they never he never really got pushed overboard he captained the boat back to the dock and then told his daughters to lie for him and potentially he was never on the boat his daughters were probably never even on the boat they just made this whole thing up well no okay nan was definitely not in on it because the whole point was to get her boyfriend to come out of not hiding but you know to get him to come and try to get money so i think only maggie and the dad were in on it but i do agree that he probably didn't fall overboard he probably just hid under whatever it's called the inside of the boat and because the sheriff didn't really look he's like yeah okay oh wait jessica's here she'll yeah my, she'll, <laughs> she'll fix everything she'll, yeah okay so and but then go ahead well, I was going to say, because you brought this up earlier, why did Stephen Earle, who's the father, wh- who's also Ralph the Hobo, why did he show up at Jessica's house? I guess it's just a random coincidence. Well, I don't think it's a random coincidence, because everybody in Cabot Co. by this point knows that, number one, Jessica runs funny. Number two, <laughs> number two, she also not only runs funny... She's basically nosy as hell and will solve any mystery and just get, like, even if she doesn't solve it right away, she'll stir the pot, okay? That's what you have to realize about JBF. She will stir the pot. She'll stir the pot. So anyways, his body washes up and Nan's gold digging ex-fiance shows up just as she's about to inherit $25 So first off, let's think about this for just one second. It's her ex-fiance. It's not ex-husband, it's ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. So he's really not entitled to anything, Well, let alone he's an ex no matter what. So he, if yeah. he's an ex-husband. So he was just like, mm, heard someone died. <laughs> Maybe he's just sympathetic like Dak. No, he's not. Because he says, right now there's only one thing we should be talking about, marriage. Which is a totally inappropriate thing to say to someone whose father just died and was murdered. Like, okay. there's other things to talk about besides marriage. Um, yeah. So what I will tell you, though, is Nan's or, you know, Nan's ex-fiance, Terry, he's played by Richard Hatch, who was also a a recurring character in both the old and the new Battlestar Galactica. So that is how it's all related is Battlestar Galactica. Okay, sidebar. Did you watch the new Battlestar Galactica? I did not. I just told um, you earlier. So anyway, no, you don't. You didn't watch the old one. I didn't watch any of them. So anyway, okay, it's okay. I didn't watch them. I'll have to catch up on that. We'll have to start a podcast about that next. <laughs> you know, <laughs> drinks in Battlestar Land. I don't know. Okay. Oh, God. Um, okay. Start. Yeah, probably not going to happen. But. Um, we ha- still have way too many Cabot Cove episodes, so yeah. don't be disappointed, listeners. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Maggie is shocked that his body washed up because she says that she actually didn't kill him. It was all a ruse trying to get Terry to pop back up and prove to Nan he was only there for the money. 
So she and she's goes. able to convince them that she didn't kill him because they look at the bullets that were in his body and they don't match the bullets that were the caliber of bullet that would be in her gun that she carried on her person. Weirdly. So they let her go. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, the moment in this is, you know, Jessica telling the town <laughs> sheriff who's investigating the murder, be quiet, let her talk. <laughs> she's so bossy and it's his job to investigate murder and she's telling him to be quiet. So they go out and they find the pink heel from a shoe near the beach fall after following an anonymous tip so who will who wears heels to the beach that's the first question mm-hmm. let alone pink heels well it's the 80s okay pink heels were socially acceptable then yeah those heels were very 80s <laughs> maybe they still are i don't know <laughs> i'm not up on my fashion my pink heel fashion so um they know it's they know it's nan's pink heel mm-hmm. so the sheriff goes and arrests her but jbf knows she didn't do it and why does she know she didn't do it because the bottom of her feet are too smooth to have walked barefoot (laughs) on the beach okay that seems like really thin evidence to me which is you know a recurring theme in murder she wrote but uh she jessica does say that that particular stretch of beach is very rocky and so she thinks it might have like cut up her feet i don't know I mean, what I do you can, think. Well, so I'm from I'm from California, so we don't really have rocky beaches, but maybe there they have rocky beaches, and you're like, oh, I could cut up my feet, but like, she could have worn Crocs. We don't know. <laughs> she could have worn Crocs. She was fashion forward. <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't think well, I don't think fa- Crocs were ever fashion anything <laughs> except for fashion killers. Okay, oh, but um, they're so comfortable. <laughs> I might have to unfriend you. <laughs> um, so, anyways, they know we go there, you know, and you know, Jessica uses Nan's arrest for two reasons: one, to get rid of Terry, because the sheriff hints that he helped Nan kill her father, and he bolts, and two, to get Maggie to accidentally admit that she knew that the heels were pink. Even though Jessica never mentioned that they were pink. And Jessica does this kind of trickery all the time with suspects. She will get them to mention a detail about something like the murderer could only know. And then she'll remind them that she never, you know, that that detail had never been released to the public or whatever. It's Hello, the they just watched that... the first part of the episode. They were standing there when it was getting filmed. <laughs> um... It's the kind of thing that would never work in real life um, to like to catch a killer, but it it works all the time in Murder She Wrote. Like. Mm, I think it works in real life. It's I pretty mean, circumstantial. I mean, there's so many ways you could get around, like you could explain it away. What? If, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like saying, oh, you know, I don't know. I I think it happens in real life because I don't think. I don't think some criminals are the smartest. I think some are, but I think some not all criminals are the smartest. Just True. like just like people in life, you know. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, then Maggie breaks into Jessica's house that night to try to kill her and silence her. But Jessica is waiting up for her because Jessica just knows she's going to come after her. Oh, she knows. And she has the sheriff on the phone now. The real question is how long they were on the phone waiting. They were just chatting it up. 
talking yeah. about her next book, how <laughs> she's a volunteer, you know, police officer, practically. <laughs> but anyways, the sheriff hears the whole confession, and there we go. And that's Mur- it. Murder, she wrote. Maggie is the killer of the week. Maggie's the killer of the week. We didn't tell. We we told you everything except for the fact that Maggie was the killer of the week in our summary. Mm-hmm. So we yep. held that off, and really, she killed him because he ruined her life by making her live at home and take care of him. Yeah, it's just not. It's not the best motive, but you know, we didn't see what their relationship was like, so he could have been a really. But the craziest guy. part was. She took advantage of the original situation of trying to lure out the ex-fiance. Yeah, it was really smart on her part. And she made sure to use a different gun. Yeah, like she knew the whole, she had the whole thing kind of planned out. She's like, dad's on board with this fake death, but it's really his real death. Yeah. Now, we still don't ever know why he decided to be a hobo, take (laughs) off his watch, hide his watch in his pocket. Jessica's like... I know you're rich because I see the watch tan. You know, yeah, the watch tan. That's what gave it away. And her ex- his exquisitely tailored clothes. Yes, because that's the first thing I know. Some people are like, <laughs> mm, you got some extra stitches there. <laughs> Anyways, so the most famous guest star was it Richard? Okay, well, so yeah, I think and. And each episode, we should talk about who the most famous guest star is because sometimes there are really big guest stars. Um, this one was not a very robust cast in terms of famousness. And I mean, Tom Bosley is probably the most famous guest star, but he's on it a lot. He's on 19 episodes. So I I wouldn't call him a guest star. He's recurring. If if you can be a recurring character and have three episodes, you (laughs) clearly get to be a a regular after 19. After 19. Okay. So then – the two probably most famous actors, and again, you and I were not really, like, aware of famous actors at this time in history, but I'm guessing the people from Battlestar Galactica, Richard Hatch and Anne Lockhart, may have been the two most famous. Yeah, I mean, but they didn't really come off as that. They were just, you know, they were just there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so... The most 80s moments, I want to say, is going to be... that. That's the other segment here. The most 80s moments. So we have the most famous guest star, most 80 moments. And then uh, a little bit about what we learned from this episode of, of the big murder she wrote picture. Mm-hmm. Back to 80s moments, I want to say it's the pink heels. Really? I mean, well, maybe everybody had pink heels. But I just think it was a very 80s thing, like looking back on it now. Yeah, they were a very... 80s blush color i mean the clothing in general was extremely um pastel dated yeah very pastel what did you think about grace's glasses Eh, they were okay i mean they They were huge everybody's glasses were huge then but right so is that that's like i feel like that's like an iconic 80s okay yes you're right everybody had big like everybody won the really big glasses and i almost feel like they're coming back in 2018 i think they are too i'm not here for it they went they go ahead what do you think about letting strangers into your house to come eat breakfast with you well i think that back then someone could come up to your house and say hey i just want to do some yard work and you'd say oh that's so great sure i'll give you a couple bucks and it was just a hobo you know Mm mm-hmm and so I think 
and especially in Cabot Cove. I mean, we're trying to the, the show's trying to promote that everybody's it's just a nice, friendly community. So Jessica's not going to say no. No. Um, reality not. wise, people probably wouldn't let you in the house. Okay. But you know, I mean, I think it was nicer, happier times. It was the eighties. It was. So. Um. So yeah, let's move on to the background what do we learn about this episode about what do we learn about jessica in this episode this was um we had a few revelations in this one we found out that jessica and her husband never had children her husband's name is frank or was frank i think they mentioned him in um the first episode but he passed away several years prior to the beginning of the series and in this episode she tells ralph that she and frank never had children um she also tells Ralph that Frank was a pipe smoker. That's probably not a really super relevant or important detail, but I thought it was interesting. I think the biggest thing we learned this episode is that she's written and published more than one book and has another one in pre-publishing copy. Yeah. What blows my mind <laughs> is one episode before this. This is episode number two. Mm-hmm. Episode number one was about her getting her first book published and how she went to New York City and all. Okay. How did she just get her book published? And then in the next episode, she's got more than one book published. She's got another one in pre-publishing. Where does she come up with all this time to write these books when she's solving murders? That's what I don't get. I don't know. She must have had a lull in murders. There must have been a quiet time in Cabot Cove when nobody died and she could just get a lot of writing done. (sighs) I don't know. I, I'm I'm still I'm I, I I just I think the writers messed up. The yeah. show writers messed up. They hope no one noticed it. Thirty four years later, we're calling you out. We're watching it frame by frame. I mean, for them in nineteen eighty four, how could they imagine that people would have access to this show to watch it and break it down in such minute detail let alone let alone people would be listening to it exactly on a pocket they didn't know what a podcast was exactly um another cute tidbit is that the book that she has in pre-publication that's on her kitchen counter is called dirge for a dead dachshund which is just kind of a ridiculous name yeah i I wouldn't buy that book I wouldn't either for a number of reasons. I don't want to read about dead dogs because that makes me sad. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good mystery either. No, not at all. Corpse Dance at Midnight was much better. Um, and then we also have the first mention of Letitia, or I think they call her Letitia. She's the Cabaco phone operator, and she's actually on the show several times, never as like never in person, but as a disembodied voice. So this was the first Letitia moment. Um, okay, what'd you think about the eighties fashion in this in this episode what did you think of jessica's whale fisherman sweater it was pretty it was it was pretty good it was pretty good i mean i loved it well of course you would okay (laughs) that's the that's the beer that's the beer talking no i love it so much i would wear it right now anyways go on um i thought in terms of like actually being like cute and fashionable i thought nancy's stuff was cute for the 80s i mean the and 80 stuff is kind of coming back now, so um, it was her stuff wasn't terrible. Grace's glasses were super 80s. Maggie dressed like a 90-year-old nun. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just, it wasn't that bad. 
right. She was wearing, like, um, orthopedic shoes. She was, like, 35. They just really played up that house fra thing. Well, of course, because they were trying to say, like, she was never going to get a guy because, well, because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, go on. So, I have a quiz for you. I don't know because if I'm ready for this quiz, but go on. I, you know I love a quiz. Okay. Deadly Lady, this episode, centered around a hurricane. So, I have... A five-question quiz for you on hurricanes. About hurricanes. Okay, go on. Okay. What ocean was the Earl family yachting in off of the coast of Maine? The Atlantic Ocean. Okay, good. I like to throw you a softball on the first one. Okay. Okay. What is the official Atlantic hurricane season, date-wise? Like month to month? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's... Probably around this time frame. Like where where we are now? Yeah, like maybe around August through December. Um, no. Maybe August through October? I don't know. Maybe not December. I feel like August through October, you're always hearing about hurricanes. It's actually June 1st to November 30th. Mm, when is the peak though um i don't know does it matter does it have to be a peak you mean like the time when most of them happen even though they could happen from all right so i just looked this up (laughs) as we're talking cheating well it is a little cheating but i was purely right because i said what august through december yeah and just so you know it sharply sharply peaks in late august through september so I said it peaked August through November. So I still wasn't right, but it's a long season. But when I said August, I was pretty close on August. Okay. So you were talking peak hurricane. I was thinking peak hurricane. Okay. All right. Well, I won't accept it, but nice argument. In 1938, the Atlantic hurricane started as early as January 3rd. Really? Yep. There you go. That's a, your random additional fact of the episode but anyways so what's okay so get off the internet and uh, answer this next question okay so i got number one right number two i get like 0.25 point yeah that's fine yeah okay yeah all right number three how are hurricanes named um i want to say after after women right Hurricanes are women and tropical storms are men? That is incorrect. Oh, is it the opposite? No. The World Meteorological Organization has a list of male and female names that are used on a six-year rotation for Atlantic hurricanes. Okay. But prior to, like, the 1970s, I think, they were only named after women. So you had correct information in your brain. Okay. It's just changed since then. Um... All right. What are the two most devastating hurricanes in recorded history in in monetary terms, in terms of damage caused? Um, Sandy. No. No. She's up there though. She's in the top four. Okay. And then now my mind just went blank. What was the one that happened when? Oh, what was the one that happened in two thousand five? Okay, that is the one. That is one of them. Which is what? 
Katrina. Katrina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Katrina, yes. and it wasn't Sandy. It was. I don't know. I don't know. It the, was a male. It was a male. Oh, name. it was one in Texas recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember the name. Harvey. Harvey. And how much damage did they? They each caused about the same amount of damage in terms of dollars. How much was that? Um, one million. No, one billion. Do- I don't. I don't know. I. I wouldn't know. Is this the? Is this still part of the same question, or is this now moving? No, on? this is a, This is the fifth and final question. Oh, I. I am lost. Okay. Five billion. Okay. It actually they each caused about a hundred and twenty-five billion dollars worth of damage. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So hurricanes are no joke. So I would say I got three out of five collectively okay i'll give it to you i wasn't perfect no but you but know. neither were your questions uh they were pretty great they were pretty great so, so um i guess we can sign off now yeah i mean that that pretty much wraps up the episode we our first episode was a little shaky we're still figuring out everything we got a good flow now um we, we don't just go, hold on, wait, let's talk <laughs> 10 more minutes because we forgot oh, that okay, Maggie I have was to say, one time in an episode five years ago. No, anyway, listen, everybody that listened to the episode, um, which was many people, gave, they gave feedback and everybody said that they liked the information about the guest stars and how many episodes they were on, etc. So... I am vindicated. Okay, fine. Okay. The the how how much feedback did we get on this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just There's kidding. Too many, too many listeners to count. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our next episode is going to be ho- hit, run, and homicide. So you better get prepared. You better watch, watch the, that. You better watch the episode. And then we will be ready to rock and roll and talk about it. Okay? Yes. In a few more weeks. Yep. A couple more weeks. Um, we're on the two to three week cycle. So we're, we're making it happen. Um, eventually we'll get a really good schedule down. So you won't just be like, hey, when's that next episode? You know? I need we to know, know everybody's waiting. I need to know how many times this person was on episode. Was it two <laughs> or three or... Was it one and they were a recurring character because they showed up three times in the same episode? The people want to know. I know. I know. All right. Signing out. All right, Talk to you all next time. Bye.